0: That's right. We're talking amps today. Specifically, magnetone amps. You're plugged in. Episode 31, Guitar Radio Show. Let's do it. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Episode 31 of Guitar Radio Show. The show dedicated to all things guitar. Dedicated to the guitar player, gear maker, guitar builder, and purveyors of those items that you don't know about, but you know what? You really should. And uh, today is a really exciting episode for me. It's a uh, an interview that I recorded back at the Dallas International Guitar Festival back in April with Mr. Ted Kornblum from Magnetone Amps. If you haven't heard about Magnetone before, after today, you will know.
1: Um,
0: did you ever play a guitar or play through an amp and the sound just haunts you. That's what Magnetone did to me this past April. And I still can't get it out of my head. It's just one of those things It's haunting me. I'm thinking about selling half of my gear so I can buy one. That's how good they are. Really good. But hey, check us out on guitarradioshow.com. Guitar Radio Show, a Facebook page, please go to that page, like it. You can catch this show on um, iTunes, of course, Stitcher Radio, Podbay, Podomatic, and of course on GuitarRadioShow.com. If you want to email us with any of your burning questions, or if you want to sign up to win an Autonomy Guitar If you haven't gone to AutonomyGuitars.com yet to try out the software of building your own guitar and understanding the idea that you're going to design this sucker, it's going to come to your door, and you're going to build it with their video instruction, it's the coolest thing. You can win an Autonomy Guitar. Go to GuitarRadioShow.com. Go to the contact GRS page fill it out you're automatically entered to win an autonomy guitar cool what 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 sucks nothing <laughs> hey when you uh, when you check us out on stitcher radio and iTunes and on pod Bay please rate and review the show it really helps in the rankings and uh, helps us turn the show on to other people that's uh, really helpful Uh. Let's get started with some music before the interview. This is a band uh, originally from L.A., and now they are in, uh, living in Houston, and they're called Slow Motion Rider, and this is called Destination Nowhere. On Guitar Radio Show, guitarradioshow.com. slow Motion rider destination nowhere they'll be on the show uh, soon in the upcoming weeks had a great sit down with them and uh, they've got an interesting story to tell I'm gonna need uh, I'm in need of some Cameron Allen right about now what do you say about some Snake eyes on the guitar radio show. <laughs> what a great guitar player Cameron Allen also coming to a future episode of guitar radio show in the upcoming weeks great stuff that's snake eyes really good hey let's get the party started here with magnetone amps I want to play you um, I want to play you some clips uh, that you can go to uh, when you go to their website magnetoneusa.com and then we'll go into uh, our interview with mister Ted Kornblum from Magnetone. All right, check this sound out. Not enough? You want some more? Check this out. amp you heard was a varsity it's an el84 powered 15 watt amp and that was with a strat the second amp you heard was the lyric and that's a 10 watt amp and they use a les paul with that these are tiny little amps but their incredible tone is just mind-blowingly good and really, really fascinating and very satisfying to play. You know, that feeling when you've got the guitar in your hands and everything is set up right, and when you lay into a note or a chord and there's just this saturation of really good tone. That's what you get with these amps. So, uh, without any further ado, I'm going to play you the interview, and then I'm going to play you a couple of more... uh, of uh, the files on the back end of the interview for my favorite amp, which is the uh, the Super 15 and the Super 59. Those are the uh, the, the black amps. Um, those are the ones that have more of the Brit sound. They say it's more of a Brit sound, but to me, I don't know. I'm hearing very Americana vibe out of it. But here's my interview uh, with Ted Kornblum from Magnetone Amps. Check it out. All right, we're here with Ted Kornbloom, president and CEO of Magnetone Amplifiers. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks uh, for
2: asking about Magnetone. It's a uh, it's a beautiful day here in Dallas, Texas at the uh, Dallas Vintage Guitar Show. and uh, It's a consumer-type event, yeah. which, which is really interesting because we are wanting to let people know that the company's back in business since Magnetone went out of business in 1969. It's a... Uh, sort of some people are relearning what the brand is if they knew it and some of them are learning about it for the first time because they never heard of it because uh
0: it's just been gone for since 69 like out of the picture Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i remember every once in a while you'd get really lucky and stumble across one of the older models in a pawn shop where the owner of the pawn shop had no idea what he had actually stumbled across And, you you know, of course, someone would stumble in and grab it right away. Um, So what was the impetus behind going back and rebirthing this brand?
2: Well, you know, uh, I've seen uh, a lot of brands over the course of the years of uh, my life, at least, that... uh, have been famous uh, because they created, uh, let's say, Fender the Telecaster or the Stratocaster and uh, Marshall the British Sound, and, you know, it's a, it's an unbelievable legacy that they've created. And uh, this brand, Magnetone, had uh, started up in California in 1937. So it was there right at the time when, uh, I believe... Uh, rickenbacker was doing their frying pan guitar and at that time uh magnetone 37 was uh, making am radios and nickel operated uh, the nickel operated night tables that had radios built into them for motels and they'd been making uh, record players that were all portable all vacuum to everything and uh, so my grandfather uh, in 1922 uh founded and started a company called st louis music supply at, out of st louis missouri and uh, he had uh, the insight to get the brand Magnetone as a distributor, distributor for the Midwest and most of the East Coast, too, I think, and uh, Magnetone was Los Angeles-based, and so uh, one day I was, uh, so I was born into a family of musical instrument merchants. My grandfather started the company, St. Louis Music, and then my dad got into the business after, uh, I think, college, and he started uh, to really grow the business much, much bigger. Uh, he created the name Crate and uh, that whole brand of amplifiers mm-hmm. and then uh, Alvarez acoustic guitars. Oh, wow. My grandfather actually named Alvarez Alvarez. Um, there was never a Mr. Alvarez. Actually, he just. I asked him why he named it Alvarez. He said because it sounded Spanish. So <laughs> I actually own one. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, my dad bought Ampeg when it was out of business. And um, uh-huh. yeah, I remember that being part of St. Louis music. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I. Uh, I had worked outside the industry, sort of earned my stripes before joining the company, the family business type of thing, and realized that uh, there was always probably a good idea to have a plan B in case your father and son dynamic isn't what you, what you want or family business isn't what you want. And so I always thought of Magnetone as a plan B, but I didn't know about Magnetone until I started looking through the old St. Louis music distribution catalogs. And uh, there I saw that there was this brand called Magnetone. I did a search, found that nobody owned it. So it was a sort of a strange scenario where you are able to capture a brand just by registering the trademark. And uh, so I tucked it away for about 10 years and said, at some point, I'll act on it. And uh, so about four years ago, I uh, assembled the engineers from the Ampeg company that had been laid off when Magnetone... I'm sorry, I get Magnetone and Ampeg confused. But when Ampeg was sold, um, I realized there was this wealth of great engineers in St. Louis. And so... I came back to St. Louis and uh, said to them, we need to rebuild the brand. And there's only one uh, stipulation, two, actually, I guess. One, it, has to all, it had to all be made in America, uh, at least as much as we can that are made here. Tubes not being made here. Um, and uh, it had to use the original patented pit shifting vibrato circuit that Magnetone invented in 1957. And uh, that used uh, a part called a barrister, which is a silicon carbide-based uh, there are elements that are put together and then made into a sort of lifesaver size type pellet and uh, you need two of them per and they need to be matched and those those varistors at the time that the magnetone vibrato was invented were used for television sets at the time that television sets were made in america they were used to stabilize the voltage the varistors were and variable resistors that's this is what they're called so we uh I knew that I had to have them engineered with the vibrato the right way, the same way, so that people would not sniff it and say when they find that it's got technology built in, digital enhanced, they would uh, they would they would kill us. And it said so. I knew that we didn't want to do that. <laughs> right. So it turned into being a very interesting project to uh, create a great-sounding amp, first and foremost, and then add the vibrato circuit to it. That made it unique to Magnetone. And then we also uh, added. Uh, course reverb and we added uh, tremolo because the world really got familiar with tremolo so uh, the brown models which are called the traditional series all have reverb tremolo and vibrato and they have uh, straight ahead controls, simple um, tone no master volume a bass mid treble but uh, no master volume on the brown amps and then the uh, the black models which we're we're calling uh, the uh, master collection those are uh, really based around british tubes and the uh, master volume uh, is a feature that's on all of those models. And uh, they have a little bit more of a uh, voxy or you could say Marshall-y sound. Um, a lot of people ask why we made those models when Magnetone didn't have a British ma- model i guess at the time when they were in business uh i said the first thing was because i guess magnetone went out of business about the time that marshall were becoming famous mm-hmm. so they never they never had that opportunity to address that part of the market right and then uh also there's this guy billy gibbons he's been a friend of mine for probably 20 years and uh for the first 10 or 10 years of our relationship i never even told him i own magnetone because uh As soon as you tell someone they want you to do something with it and like, well, why don't you make it? And so what was uh, interesting about Billy is that he really helped inspire and bring me uh, and the company into the uh, British era of uh, models that complement the American sort of classic models. Uh, So gave us sort of both market segments, I guess, of the amplifier market. Mm -hmm. Um, Why did I get into the business of making the brand come back? That was your first question. Uh, why did I revive the brand? Um, let's see. Well I owned it. I needed it for Plan B. I, I, uh, I think I needed to validate that the brand was what it was supposed to be either uh, both sonically and or uh, product wise. And so what I had been doing have been doing pretty much wean. I've, I've been addicted to eBay for the last 10 years probably. Same here. Okay. okay. <laughs> I focus on magnetone and do that search thing where it tells you when a new magnetone product comes up available on ebay so for the last 10 years i've been on ebay probably every day and uh so i've been buying back at really low prices for over the last seven years for the last four i've been laying off because i now have about 300 to 400 different models of magnetone all different incredible from radios to record players to pas to lap seals to Mandolins and uh, not mandolins, uh, ukuleles, small like the mandolin, but um, bass amps. So anyway, so I I could see that physically, Magnetone had made great stuff, cool looking stuff. Mm-hmm. The logos were great, timeless looking logos. Yeah. And so, uh, vintage cool. It, vintage cool and and great. Um, you know, they they're the logos and the styling of the 50s were. There was a great era of the world in the 50s, like the cars and the styling. Mm-hmm. Everything was just so uh, tasteful. So uh, I felt confident that the brand had a lot of uh, uh, product depth and uh, credibility. And then uh, I think that uh, I'd watched so many companies dilute their brand since uh, the ability came to us in America to off-source, outsource uh, products become lower priced i saw that that most of the big brands if not all of them have made more and more of their models overseas and uh it diluted their brand and brand uh, and then this boutique ant market grew around that mm-hmm. and it became obvious well there's a buyer out there and, and the buyer values something that they can keep and hold and hopefully appreciates and doesn't lose its value so i uh, I said, well, this Magneton brand was sort of a boutique high end brand at its time. It looked boutique back then. Fender looked great with tweed and black faced era amps, but those are really sort of staples. They're not really classy looking tweed. I love the tweed amps, but especially when they get beat up. But anyway, so all, the, all these different elements of uh, saying, yes, this is a good business proposition for me to invest money into the brand. Uh, put me into the mindset to say you know, let's make it the best amplifier and unadulterated or unfucked up. Excuse the expression. I guess that's I quite all right. Yeah. unfucked up brand that is now <laughs> uh-huh. offered today, uh-huh. and yet it's vintage. It's uh, boutique, handmade quality, made in America, styling, all that. So hand wired, hand wired, and that's a. Uh, you know a a trait you know you can make a great amplifier that's probably not hand-wired but it's an interesting um uh pedigree that and it's also sort of like the equivalent of what hand-wired people look at they look at also uh maybe wine the way that they make wine and the way that they make watches Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they make them the old way you know Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so we've sort of done it with a a lot of help from obed khan in particular um i need to bring bring praise to him um K-H-A-N, everyone spells his name wrong, and O-B-E-I-D, and Obed worked for uh, Ampeg and Crate for probably 17 years, I think, maybe, and there was a number of other engineers uh, that were involved um, from St. Louis Music as well, but Obed really has been the, uh, the uh, uh, you know, he's a synthesizer of sorts of what is uh, requested by the uh, out, uh, outside market and what he knows how to do electronically, We also uh, need to give credit to Larry Craig. Um, Craig is the way he likes to pronounce it. He's been Neil Young's guitar tech for probably 32 years. He finally retired about two years ago because he just really had, I think, tuned enough guitars and played and tweaked enough amplifiers. And he just said he wanted to play pedal steel. So Larry, uh, he's responsible for helping us understand and define what the sound of our uh, traditional models are, which are dynamic range, great clean headroom and touch sensitivity so sort of neil young and larry craig on one side for the brown models and then billy gibbons and elwood francis his guitar tech gary moon is engineer for the black models british and then uh now it's about just making great amps and uh we're
0: just about to start shipping internationally uh june oh that's fantastic yeah, and you know, and, and you just you just touched on something, no pun intended, but you just touched on something about the touch sensitivity of the amp. Yeah. Yesterday I got to play uh, one of the Master Series, the black ones, and I was really in awe of, obviously, the tone, the bell-like qualities that you're able to get out of it. But, yes, the fact that when I, depending on my touch and depending on how I attack the instrument, would determine the ferocity, the the magnificent tone that I would get out of the amp I, and that's something that I don't really get a lot with with some of the other tube amplifiers that are out there now
2: I think that's that's a valid that's a very viable point you know it's a, good players know how to turn the
0: volume down on their guitar yeah. and clean up that way um... I mean it's one of those I'm sorry to interrupt but that's yeah. one of those amps that I think it's like really this is about my guitar my cable and into the amp, and then everything else be damned, because I can make it work with what I've got here.
2: That actually is what Billy had given to said. You're right, uh, and actually, Larry Craig from the Brown. I think that's a real. You, you you touched on it. I think that it's the uh, the dynamic range, the touch sensitivity, the ability to know how to use the amplifier and the guitar together. And uh, again, it's a, they're all tube amps, so there's a bit of black magic that goes into making circuits that are, uh, that, are that way. I think we've listened a lot to the market and tested... You know, I could have brought the company to market about a year or a year and a half, maybe even earlier... We took about four years of engineering and development to bring it to market. And I could have brought it earlier, but I really wanted to cover enough different types of people's taste to find out what we needed to do because there's something I guess people call musician syndrome, which is when the musician says they know how it's supposed to sound and therefore they make the product sound the way they like it. But in reality, we want to make them uh, the way the consumer and customer likes them. So a lot of
0: input. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really in awe of... um, I mean, you've got the circuits laid out for us to see here, at uh, at the show, and the the workmanship is so clean. And you you look inside the cabinet, and it's just the 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 um, bindings in the cabinet. Everything is perfection. Um, is I mean, what is what is uh, you know QC like for you guys? Is it I mean. What True. are you guys going through? <laughs> sure, sure. Do you really lament over that? Wow. Uh, well, see, you, it's interesting. I'm not really a player.
2: I would be a visual visual person. So I'm looking at all those points that you just brought up, and I'm identifying them visually and saying we need to make this look better. It needs to look this way. It needs to feel this way, the material. So I would be probably the annoying person that says to the engineer, it needs to look this way too and he says but ted it doesn't matter how it looks it needs to sound this way so i've been sort of a ying and yang on the cusp i'm the i'm the uh, the ying guy with the uh, ideas on how to look and feel um of the amp is but then obed would be uh, greg hopkins is another person i think that is referenced needs to be referenced because he's the one who uh, his his company's vintage amp restoration in st louis also and uh, he builds and restores cabinets for uh all different types of people that have vintage amps, but he prototyped all the models for us and built them all. And uh, the ones you're seeing here are production versions. But we built everything with him, and uh, he's got an unbelievable attention to detail because he's used from the he's got the restoring perspective. Yeah. And so um, those little details about the cosmetics and the feel, um, the handles are made by the Amish. You know, I felt like all those beautiful old handles that were on. Wow. Yeah, no, it's interesting. The Amish wow. make great saddle leather, and so. That out. The, the Amish are a uh, interesting culture, and uh, I've been in, uh, to visit them probably three times to, to work with them on getting the handles to feel and uh, hold up and also actually uh, look with the correct spacing of stitching. Um, and uh, they are just uh, all those little things that almost seems like what goes into any luxury brand. Uh, the wiring on the inside you're talking about, is the equivalent of what a jeweler does when they're, when they're soldering silver together. Yeah. And uh, the high-end boutique kind of customer and the vintage prices now that are almost at the same price made it sort of a... Uh, let's spend a little bit more money than needed because ultimately these amps are already going to be expensive. Yeah. So if you can just go through the headaches of finding the right people to make these unique parts, mm-hmm. then uh, the value is there for the customer. Like we wanted to make an expression pedal... Um, or a two button foot switch that was something that would look and be not just a foot switch that everyone gets thrown in. So we had a custom foot switch screened. And uh, I, think, I think that, you know, when, when you're spending this kind of money, you should want to keep it for a while. Yeah. And so a vintage product, hopefully, you can appreciate
0: yeah I, I, I think it's wonderful and I actually just told you before we went on air that you know I'm thinking about selling everything I've got and I'm gonna get one of these because I I you know you had those those um, those aha moments you know at, when you're in your search for tone and yesterday for me was one of those moments I, I was in my hotel room last night trying to fall asleep and all I could think about was that amp Interesting, yeah.
2: I'm, I'm really intrigued by those comments because I'm sort of looking at it from a human behavioral standpoint, a buyer behavior, how you find someone's uh, weakness of like, i got to have that, or, um, or or it stays in their mind and they think about it and they think about it and they obsess, and this really a fun part of this industry yeah it's it, well
0: hearing is believing ladies and gentlemen <laughs> go and check these amps out if you can find a dealer that's dealing it's that, you that's actually uh, selling them How, where are you as far as dealers at this point
2: yeah that's a good question and uh it, it's important to sell uh, our products through the, the stores in the different markets in the u.s right now as i said but uh june will ship in international but the right type of store that can understand the uh customer that wants to know about these different features of uh, amplifiers. So in uh, in the USA, we, we have been selective on the markets. We don't want a dealer too close to another one. We want to preserve the margin so that the dealer is able to make the, a profitable price and the customer is able to feel like they don't have to go shopping it. Uh, the price will be the same price. So when you see a street price for a Magnetone model, it, it will be the same street price in any city in the country. And uh, so right now we have about. Uh, probably about 30 dealers in the usa and, and uh we don't want any more than 45 and then mm-hmm. maybe 50 at the very most mm-hmm. um you know i don't want to say never but i do probably could say never we, we won't really need to ever open up big huge super stores with magnetone right. because that type of market is uh, not as intimate as the market that the boutique and vintage market is um you know um The other thing that I think is an interesting resource for uh, people to know about is there's an unofficial Magnetone website out there that's called uh, VibraWorld.com. And uh, Robert Cray's guitar technician runs that site, although he doesn't respond to people's inquiries, so don't think that you can get a response, because he's on the road all the time with Robert Uh as his tech. But uh, ViberWorld.com is a really interesting resource, unrelated to us. And then there's another one that's really, really detailed on uh, factual, historical information called Mm magnetoneamps.com. And uh, ours is Um, MagnetoneUSA.com. Magnetone.com is owned by a hearing aid company. So...
0: Oh, wow. I know. There's
2: all sorts of, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the resources are all out there. And I think that it's slow growth. The brand's been frozen for 46, 45 years since 1969, something like that. Yeah. So I figured last year was 2013. We brought it to market, so we thawed it. The brand was frozen. We sort of thawed it out for a year, six months to a year. And now uh, now the brand's thawed, and people are, are calling us asking to carry it in their stores.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, how many units are you producing a year?
2: Oh, uh, let's see. Boy, I tell you, you know, it could be as many as uh, 50 a month at a high oh, wow. month. You know, wow.
0: we... Uh, that's a lot. That's more than I expected, actually. I mean, that's a high Especially month. with that kind of workmanship. Yeah.
2: And we. what's interesting about the economy is that the ability... By the way, the average is about... Uh, probably about 30 amplifiers on an average a month, but we could ship up to 50 if we needed to. Mm-hmm. We, we have a rem- remarkable amount of talented people in St. Louis because of having had the Ampic factory there. So uh, the world is full of independent contractors that are really qualified people, and so I feel like we can grow the company with uh, the demand and have them... Uh, we have a core group of about six builders and that are always there, And but we have the ability to bring in more builders... Um, that are all trained in in working in repair shops around St. Louis. And uh, when needed, the resources there. But I don't want to be making a lot. I couldn't uh, tell you how many we make a year because we've only been in business about eight months of shipping. But I think our highest month was 50 pieces. And uh, then there's some times where you're like, wow, uh, we don't have any inventory, and it sells before uh, it even... uh, yeah, it's a really strange thing. So supply and demand, we have the ability at this stage to be able to straddle up, straddle down, mm-hmm. and, and keep a little bit of a back order because, you know, mm-hmm.
0: it makes uh, makes the product even more desirable sometimes. I think so, absolutely. Well, you know, i got to say, for, for someone who's been chasing tone probably most of his adult life, uh, thank you for helping me in my search.
2: Oh, well, you know, it's sort of a... Um, It's sort of a giving back to the uh, industry of all these great musicians, frankly, that have given us such great music. I I find it gratifying to bring something to the market that is incrementally valuable compared to what has been out there for so many years of just reproducing itself and cloning itself. So, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. So where can people go and take a look at them and hear them online? You can go to MagnetoneUSA.com and uh, there's sound clips for each of the different models. There's... uh, there's a model called the Varsity. There's a model called the Lyric. And Those uh, models don't have uh, any effect at all. Uh, and then they're just great straight-ahead amplifiers. And then there's a Twilighter mono and a Twilighter stereo, which are uh, single 12 or a 212, in, in, in this case, the stereo. And uh, then there's a master collection that have... Uh, Sort of, we've actually been able to figure out recently that we are able to make a mono one by twelve combo, and then make a stereo two by twelve combo, uh-huh. and then make heads of either of those. Yeah. And we found recently that that's an interesting niche we've got because if Fender were to try and make a stereo twin, it just wouldn't need to be. It's like we—I think they've found a niche that is maybe our
0: own category. Yeah, I think you might have. Yeah, I actually we got to play the stereo combo yesterday in it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's complete dual power amps,
2: dual output transformers, and uh, um, yeah, no, you can listen to them online, but ultimately they're in stores. Uh, I would say that there's at least one great store in every city, there's probably two. And I would hope that we could sell them both. If <laughs> think both both get along. I'd like to sell them both. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, do you, set, you do you any do any direct
2: selling or no? No, we don't. We support the retailers. We That's good. Stuff. Yeah, it's a, we 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 thought about all those different scenarios, but ultimately we want the story to be told. We want the customer to be educated, and the retailers are a good way of doing it. Yeah. As well as your radio show. You know, your radio show is a really good way for people on the on the air to hear about it because you know the uh, ways of the internet and the podcasts and the. Uh, data that gets flown around on the internet is really valuable so we're uh we're happy to have people link to us and vice versa right well ted
0: thanks so much for taking a little time and being on guitar radio show i appreciate it hey keep up the good radio show thank you so much shaking hands (laughs) take care well there you have it mr ted gornblum from magnetone amps i highly recommend you checking these amps out go to magnetoneusa.com magnetoneusa.com and you can, I mean there's a lot of information on this website um, and you can um, hear all the sounds that, uh, many of the sounds that I'm playing for you today. Uh, I promised I wanted to play a couple more more, uh, uh, of the sound clips. Um, I want to play you the Twilighters which are the classic look of that Magnetone amp um, that classic vibe that you saw back in the in the late fifties and and throughout the sixties. Uh, and then, um, and then I want you to hear the, uh, the super amps, the super 59. Um, there is a difference, uh, between those amps, even using the same guitars. Um, and they're really unique and really great. So let's check out one of the twilight ramps right here. (music) Yeah, that's the that's the Twilighter, the single 12 uh, with a clean strat. Um, just beautiful bell-like tones. I mean just gorgeous. Um, we're gonna try I'm gonna we're gonna try the stereo twilighter now.
1: Let's take a listen to this.
0: that's obviously an overdriven strat through that twilighter killer killer stuff uh the next i want to turn you on to is the single v uh this is uh magnetone says that this is the one amp for all occasions (laughs) you be the judge It's a Les Paul, and that beautiful uh, vibrato is just—it's just gorgeous. It's amazing. Um, in the onset of the show, I played you this clip. I'm going to play it again because this is my all-time favorite right here. Um, I love this. It's from the Master Collection, and this is the uh, the Super Fifty Nine. Super Fifty Nine has got EL thirty four powered amp. Tons of headroom. It's such a great amp. Uh, like, it just haunts me. Check it out. Right? <laughs> That's with an LP. Uh, Les Paul so uh let's let's hear the same amp with a Strat and that killer vibrato just amazing, you know I mean that is just something. <laughs> something to behold once again i want to thank mr ted Kornbloom for spending some time with me Um, a good half hour 40 minutes that he spent with me talking and going through the amps and letting me play that beautiful nash telecaster through that beautiful super 59 and all the other amps that i tried out that day thank you very much for spending time with us and um Please, folks, check out magnetoneusa.com. Magnetoneusa.com. Really, I mean, just a haunting amplifier. Just, just such a great sound. It, it, he, uh, they took so much time and so much effort, and they really have created something very, very special. Um, it's, it's, it's stuck in my vortex. <laughs> All right. Let's turn you on to some more music, and then we're going to get out of here. Here's Mr. Travis Bowman and a tune called Rooftop Garden from his album Warmth and Green Paper. He will be on the, uh, on the show in October. Uh, we sat down did a great interview. He is so talented. Check him out. Guitar Radio Show. Travis Bowman rooftop garden from the album warmth and green paper. Check him out folks. He is amazing. Go to YouTube and watch this cat play. (laughs) You're going to be blown away. He's so great. Um, We got to get out of here, but thanks everybody. Uh, Magnetone amps, Mr. Ted Kornblum. Thank you very much. Uh, Every, all the musicians who were on the show today. Thank you to everybody out there. That's listening and who are new listeners uh, I'm blown away by how many new listeners we have. It is just astounding, and I'm so grateful. Thank you very, very much. Check us out, guitarradioshow.com. Don't forget about that Autonomy Guitar giveaway, autonomyguitars.com. Folks, we're going to be giving this, uh, we're, we close it up on um, the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. And we're doing the drawing on that Sunday of Labor Day weekend. So get in there, go to guitarradioshow.com, go to the Contact GRS tab, fill out all your information. You're automatically entered to win. Simple as that. It's free, it's easy. Tons of other giveaways that are coming real soon. Check us out Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, oh my God, Tumblr. We're all over the place, folks. And uh, when you uh, go and check us out on Stitcher Radio or uh, iTunes or Podbay or Podomatic, please rate, review the show. Super duper appreciate that. we got to get out of here. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time on Guitar Radio Show. Peace. Hey, fuck you, Ed. Fuck you, Ed. <laughs> I like this crowd already.
1: GRS Productions